0: Hello, listeners. Before we get on with today's show, we have a message from our supporters over at Mania Club. Established in 2015, Mania Club is a WWE-recognized community for people who love to talk about professional wrestling and who want to travel to events around the world. And during WrestleMania weekend, Mania Club hosts their annual world-renowned tailgate party. Connect with people, learn some stuff from locals, and rely on the members of the group to help you navigate through the craziness that is WrestleMania week. And you can join in on the action at WrestleMania Weekend too, as they bring to you the only WWE sanctioned tailgate party. Located on lot twenty-seven of MetLife Stadium before WrestleMania 35. The event will feature or you can eat barbecue, or you can drink beer, or you can drink soda, a live DJ, a live podcast by the New Age Insiders, raffle prizes, and special guests. Do not miss this once a year family-friendly all ages event. The price is for Adults 21 and over is $70, and it's just... $40 for those 20 years of age and under. And if you're over 21 and don't drink alcoholic beverages by any chance, then feel free to buy the $40 ticket. Search Mania Club, that is Mania Club with a location set to New York on Eventbrite, or alternatively join the Mania Club group on Facebook. We will be also posting links on our social media channels uh, to this event and to their Facebook group so you won't be able to miss it either. Search Mania Club on Eventbrite and buy your ticket today. Hotel. Oscar. Lima. Yankee. Sierra. Hotel. Oscar. Oscar. Tango. Holy shoot. What's up Sharpshooters, I am your host Broderick and welcome to the Holy Shoot Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. On today's show we are starting to move onto the Fastlane, onto the road to Wrestlemania and other such buzzwords as we preview WWE Fastlane 2019. Will KO stun the world and become WWE Champion? Will the man become the man once again? And will McMahon turn on Miz, ending in McMiz? Plus, some people might be fighting with my opinions, as I will be reviewing fight, fighting with my family. And our last segment will be the bomb, the Batista bomb, that is, as we'll be going into a deep dive into the career of Batista in WWE. Anyway, joining me on today's show are, hi guys,
1: it's Jason again. And I, I, Sam, I was going to do an impression of Dusty Rhodes, but I've just bottled it at the end there. Shall I have a go now? Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. That <laughs> so nah, see, it's not good. It's not good. That's I had to go though. God damn it! That was
0: really good. Uh, we're back, Jason, with the impersonations.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed having a week off last week, but fair enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guess who's back? Back again. Broad is has...
2: back.
0: <laughs> Taylor has friend. found his smile and returned to the show. Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what caffeine does for you. Uh, as as I'm about to sip on a cup of coffee away from the mic, guys. So how's how's your week been?
2: Yeah, mine's been pretty good. It's a bit of an important week for me this one. It it was my wife's birthday
1: and it was our wedding anniversary. So I had a lot of planning and effort going into things this week. Oh, wow. yeah, it was an important week for me this week as well. The New Japan Cup started today, so you know that's. <laughs> about as important as my wife's anniversary or birthday not that i have a wife um but yeah it was good <laughs> <laughs> i would recommend uh i would recommend checking out the chase owens versus juice robinson match if you want to get into new japan it was very 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 good um and yuji nagata versus ishi was actually not complete tripe as well so there you go
0: wow um i I, I didn't do anything important this week I just, you know, I, I woke up I ate, I went to work, I went back to bed It was all good, all gravy But yeah, I, I gotta agree with you there Sam The the New Japan Cup is far more important than uh, Jason's wife's birthday or yes. anniversary right.
2: I'm sure my wife would understand if I explained it to her You know, priorities well,
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. That that's why, you, that's why you're here with us right now Instead of uh, celebrating your anniversary all weekend long Um... <laughs> Your wife's oh, birthday doesn't
1: determine who gets the main event, Madison Square Garden, so it's just not that important. J- maybe,
0: one, maybe one day.
1: <laughs> maybe one day.
0: Jay White versus Jason's wife. Book it now. <laughs> Book it now, <laughs> <up, get it. laughs> Mate, if that's the case, I'm buying a ticket to Madison Square Garden. I'm telling you that now. I tell, tell you that I'd now. hope you
2: wouldn't have to buy tickets. I'd hope my
0: wife could maybe give us tickets if she was oh, here yeah, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be funnier, Jason? If... Um, she gave everyone what your wife gave everyone tickets apart from you and our group. That would be amazing.
1: Well, you had to pay to get in and then sit way up in the nosebleeds.
0: No, he just gets barred. (laughs) You can't come in. Yeah. Anyway, that's the uh, general banter segment over and done with because I said so. And uh, anyway, gents, shall we get on with the news just after this uh, break? You're supposed to say yes, guys. Yes, Yes. 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 I love the news. Yeah. You love news too. News. Hey, you! If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pot. Do it! Do it now! So, there are a few things that have happened in the news this week, and shall we start with the big one? And that is WrestleMania 36 is heading to tampa florida once again the sunshine state has wrestlemania again but i will say this though that pirate ship is going to make some spectacular entrances what are your thoughts about mania in tampa jason to be honest i haven't really thought about this so much i'm so much looking forward to this year's wrestlemania
1: but i'm not looking that far ahead but at least it'll be a warmer one than this year
0: yeah, Sam, are are you looking at I think
1: I just I think we need to just remind everyone. Do you guys are you aware Brod and Jason are going to WrestleMania this year because they might not have mentioned it before. We're going to WrestleMania. They're going, they're actually going. I broke them. Um, <laughs> no. Uh WrestleMania in Tampa. I mean, eh, it's another big American city. Uh yeah, it's Florida. It'll be hot. That's all I've got to say about that. I I'm do- not How much difference does it make? really well, i do it's like pirates a, it's got
0: you know. a fucking massive pirate ship that shoots like cannons and stuff you know it's amazing like i really yeah. i had no ambition to go next year but i if, if this weekend is good i might go just for the wrestlemania with the pirate ship and also imagine Kyrie Saint's entrance
1: Oh, that would Big be the cool. pirate ship. See, the thing is, is this is WWE, and whenever they get their hands on a cool thing, they always mess it up in a weird way. They're so, I reckon br- they'll probably just screw up the pirate ship somehow.
0: Nah, they'll they'll, they'll bring back Paul Birchall. That's what it is, pirate Paul Burchill. <laughs> I liked, I liked Paul. God. Yeah, I liked him too. I, I think I think we might be the only guys that actually liked Paul Burchill. Was that but, the uh... Johnny Depp knockoff guy? Yeah. 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 It was bad. (laughs) But I I love bad wrestling, so it's all good. But um, anyway, moving on, and speaking of WrestleMania, Ronda Rousey, as you know, is probably headlining WrestleMania alongside Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. However, there are reports started to surface that she is really unhappy with the current story of Becky Lynch and legitimately doesn't like Becky. Furthermore, an interview from August... um, I think this is actually a bit early in August, so I do apologize, listener, but it reared its head where Ronda admitted to having issues with her speech, which means the angle on social media could very well be a step too far from Miss Lynch. What are your thoughts on, well, just generally this mess of a story and, you know, potentially Ronda leaving the company as well, because there's a lot of news around this match at the moment.
1: I mean, what what the fuck is going on? This is... I I can't tell if it's a worked shoot angle or if it's like just really bad writing. But I've I've I have heard personally or read that Rhonda and Becky have been working together on a lot of the spats they've been having on Twitter. And so Becky's been helping her write stuff, which means surely you wouldn't like have a go at someone's speech impediment without running it by them first.
0: Would you? That's the thing. It's so WorkShoot. It's more WorkShoot than Vince Russo at this stage. Yeah. Uh,
1: I I mean I'm I'm going to lay into the angle when we come to talk about Fastlane later anyway. But um Ooh, yeah. Preview. Preview. They'll preview, but it's kind of nonsense. Basically, I think this is bollocks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason, what are your
0: thoughts?
2: Yeah, I give it a ten on the Russo meter.
0: Ooh. it feels
2: like it's all a worked shootiness at the minute and i'm i'm like, it's great they're getting good publicity right they're getting mainstream publicity newspapers and people are picking up on it because of what's going on i'm guessing that's what they were actually aiming for i
0: don't think bad pr is what they're aiming for um but yeah i'm in, uh, by the way i think we're going to introduce russo meter over the next few weeks <laughs> we need we need the russo meter <laughs> <laughs> I just want an actual like visual meter that I could post on Twitter What's... with Vince Russo's head sliding up and down. Yeah, it's got to be a...
2: sliding along. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. it'd be, it'd be like a
0: temperature gauge, like how f- how fucking Russo is this? So like... what? What would be a measure of Russo? One bro Russo. <laughs> yeah, bros. <is>, yeah. <laughs> listen hey, to me, bro. listen to me, bro, bro. I, more more Matt Riddle, bro, than bro. That was. This but, is you know. eight bros on the Russo scale. <laughs> eight bro. Eight bros out of ten bros. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, anyway, moving on to uh, Sadano. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is out with a neck injury, meaning that he will be forced to vacate the NXT Championship, thus ending the final act of this storyline with Johnny Gargano early. The two were apparently due to face each other in the main event of NXT TakeOver New York, but Champa's injury could put him out between three to 14 months. Oh, dear. Jason.
2: Yeah, this sucks. This really yeah sucks. i've been
0: i think we've all been in love
2: in this storyline for the last two years and they've the back and forth they've had working around other injuries but i'm hoping they can work this in in terms of somehow using it as a reason to explain his injury or why he's going and they put the blame on johnny somehow but i don't know if they're going to be doing that or keeping it
0: simple we won't know for a few weeks but yeah it just sucks yeah can, um, can i can i just say something on a really selfish night takeover new york is going to be on my birthday i'm going to be at takeover new york I wanted to see this rivalry end at TakeOver New York. And it doesn't happen at TakeOver New York. I am really upset on that level. I'm being a dick. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best rivalry I've seen at WWE in years. Uh, It might be one of the greatest rivalries, or if not the greatest rivalry or storyline they've ever produced. And it's just... Oh, damn. I I feel sad for both champ and they don't get to complete that story properly
1: three to 14 months as well man like his neck must be completely shot if that's like the range of time they think they don't know until they go in there
2: it's different reports someone said three to six someone said more like six to 14 it's really unknown Mm -hmm. at the moment
0: yeah, I mean, apparently he is also suffering from spinal stenosis, which has ended like the likes of Steve Austin and Edge's careers early. Um, Sheamus is currently battling with it. But, yeah, I think if Champa recovers, and we say if, I mean, Jason Jordan kind of had a similar injury, and he's pretty much retired now. Um, you know, I, ho- I mean, I sincerely hope he recovers. It's a waste of talent, and I hope it doesn't shorten what's already going to be a short wrestling career at this rate, um, even further. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Jason, um, being the historian of our podcast, and let's end the news on a more somber note, unfortunately. Uh, this this past weekend, we saw the great King Kong Bundy uh, pass. Uh, do you want to say a few things? Oh, yeah, I can hear a few things. I think mean, King Kong Bundy
2: probably best remembered for that main event at WrestleMania 2 against Hulk Hogan. He was, you know, not many men get to headline WrestleMania, so he's always got that going for him. Not the best match ever, but it was in the classic Hulk Hogan like scripts that they had back then when he fought monsters. So that's what he's best known for. But he had quite a long career. He started in ninety one, sorry eighty one, going He started in nineteen eighty one, and then he carried on till about two thousand and seven. So he was like in and out of the ring. Semi retired a few times. But what I love about King Kong Bundy is like the name and his appearance. He just he's just a he was a giant of a man. When you're hmm. called King Kong Bundy, you've Gotta be big, and he just had this un- freakish look to him. Was, I think the bald head, as well the singlet, the whole combination just made him look huge. And I think, yeah, he was obviously I mean, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, which is weird. I thought he'd already gone in, but then I've realized from this that he's not actually in there yet. So he'll, he's definitely a Hall of Famer at some point. And yeah. you know, because he's, he had two runs in WWE and some big matches while he was there. Yeah, that, did
1: you? Um, oh, sorry, I just no, just no, just, no, no, see, no, 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 the guy. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Did you see um, Enzo's tribute tweet to King Kong Bundy where it's talking about the guy with the green tongue? Yeah. I always remember the wrestler with the green tongues. Enzo, you're botching and you're not even in the fucking business anymore. I assume that was, just mad. I, I thought that was deliberate to get attention and him just being a dick, but maybe not. But
0: you know, No, should
2: I, I should lose Animal and King Kong Bundy up.
0: I honestly think he meant well. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he meant well. He's not actually trying to draw attention to anything he's doing in the moment. But, oh dear. If you don't know what you're talking about, shut the shut hell up. up. Yeah.
2: Well, my favourite thing about Bundy, I'll just mention as well, he was the guy that did the five count. So, you know, he would demand the ref counted five after he destroyed people. That's oh,
1: so like Big think. E stole his gimmick. Yeah, that's where Big E got it from. Oh,
0: could you imagine a King Kong Bundy versus Big E? Oh, man, <laughs> both in their prime. That would be that would be great fun, I reckon. That would be
2: great I'd, fun. Boys. I'd pay to see that.
0: Yeah, I would pay to see that too. Take all my money. Take all my money, uh, eventual heaven. But anyway, um, yeah, so that wraps up the news. Up next is our preview of Fastlane just after this quick ad.
2: This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at watchwrestling.london or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup
0: page. So, the last speed bump on the road to WrestleMania is this Sunday in Cleveland, Ohio, as WWE presents Fastlane. What an ironic title, since everything has been kind of first gear on Raw at the moment. But, with that being said, there are eight good-looking matches on the card, and I would say, and uh, we will go through them individually, but first, I just want your general feelings on this card. Sam? I think,
1: like every Fastlane, you won't remember or care what happened at fast lane after fast lane happens it's just like there'll be some neat matches it's probably not going to be like an amazing pay-per-view nobody's going to put it in their top three pay-per-views of the year or anything like that you know yep jason
2: yeah i think a lot of this is going to depend on the main events if you remember anything that happens on this show in a few weeks time but it'll be, i'm sure it'll be a solid wrestling show but i'm not I'm not wowed and like thinking I've got to stay up and watch this. I'll be happy to catch it up on Monday evening.
0: I gonna I'm gonna predict my grade for the show when we review it next week. I'm gonna give it a solid B minus. That's gonna be my grade next week.
2: It's <laughs> probably a fair thing. It, that seems it does seem like that kind of show going in, but there might be one or two surprises. Yeah. Middle of the road.
0: Yeah. Mm. N- not so much fascinating, but ah, uh, they <laughs> I, Yeah, I, I kind of really want to create a pay per view on the WWE 2K19 now, where it's called Middle of the Road. <laughs> <laughs> Still better title than Roadblock. Um, anyway, cool, cool. Uh, starting with the pre-show, we, and we see two matches on there. Uh, I'll just get your quick thoughts on this, gentlemen. Rey Mysterio versus Andrade once again, as well as the New Day versus nakamura and rusev are any of these matches worthy of a main card spot and uh who wins
2: i think ray mysterio and Andre. they've had a few matches already so maybe that's why it's not on the main card mm. i'd love to see andre win but i'm looking ahead to Mania, and i'm thinking oh samoa joe and ray mysterio that could be interesting so they'd want to keep ray strong if they're doing that so I, that's my pick for those two and in terms of new day versus rusev and nakamura i mean Rusev and Nakamura really need to get some wins. I don't know what's going on there. So I'm hoping they pick
1: up the win.
0: Okay. Uh, Sam?
1: Yeah, no, I I think basically the same. Neither of these matches is, are really big enough to be on the main card. They're kind of appropriate for the for the pre-show, really. And, and it pains me to say that because I am a huge fan of both Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. But that's the reality of WWE,
0: isn't it? I'm a fan of all these men on the pre-show, and I shall be watching. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I Andrade wins the first one. I don't. Mysterio doesn't need the win. Uh, just briefly, I, uh, on Jason's point about Samoa Joe, I think he's going to face John Cena, not Ray Mysterio, at WrestleMania. I'm hearing the theories on that, but I think Rey could still be the man for it. I, I let you fantasy book, but yeah, and I think uh, New Day win as well. Uh, I think that's. Just because the Kofi momentum. Uh, do you think so, how, it's really impressive how they've killed off Rusev? Um, <laughs> no, because <laughs> to say it's impressive is a compliment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, to kill that part of the Fast Lane preview. Onto the main card, and up first is our going to be our predictions for the Shield versus Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre do you think the shield reunion is too good to be true? And is anyone actually excited for this match? And what I mean by too good to be true gentlemen is, will there be a heel turn somewhere?
1: I think it entirely depends on whether you believe the Dean Ambrose is leaving WWE rumors or not. I think if he's staying, they won't break the shield up. They'll leave. He'll leave and they'll still be pals when they, when he leaves. If he's staying, then there probably will be a heel turn of some kind, yeah. Because it's a more interesting story. Mmm. Jace? Drew McIntyre pins
2: Roman Reigns after Dean Ambrose turns on him. That's my booking for this one.
0: I think Roman wins, but immediately after Dean turns heel on Roman and sets up Roman versus Dean Ambrose for WrestleMania 35. And the reason why I have that is because Dave Meltzer said, um, just after Roman was diagnosed with cancer, that the initial plan for the Universal Title match was going to be Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. So, mm, I'm mm. not sure if
1: that match doesn't really need a title for it yeah. to be a draw, does it? Because it's no, like it, it's a proper feud. It's like a personal.
0: It'll be, be the first time those two face each other in a face versus heel dynamic. I mean, they faced each other at a Survivor Series once, but yeah. I I got to say though, gentlemen, it does feel weird talking about the Shield again. Um, it generally feels weird right now
2: especially after that mess of a reunion they had last time with the injuries and problems that ended up happening
0: I, I was thinking about it just before the show and I kind of wish they called up the Undisputed Era instead of Champa, Gargano, Black and Ricochet because I think mm. that would have been way cooler to see Shield versus Undisputed mm. Era than this Baron Corbin uh, what did Ollie Davis Talk call it? Baron Corbin's midcard of evil <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i just think that is probably the best way to summarize yeah that bland team uh you know but you know i hope the shield win i'm a huge shield fanboy, and uh it's good to see roman back i think that's i think that's a key thing here though it's just great to see roman back so do you mind if we move on guys
2: yeah, I think we've given that enough
0: attention. Cool. Up next, we have the Triple Threat Tag Team Match for the Raw Tag Team Titles between The Revival, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable and the team of Alistair Black and Ricochet. Who wins? It better be The Revival. It better okay. be The
1: Bloody Revival. Yeah. Why are Alistair Black and Ricochet a team other than they were in
0: NXT together?
2: That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Well,
0: I think DIY was originally going to be in that spot. Uh, Uh, but because of champ's injury uh, they had to rewrite Monday Night Raw's episode this is a rumor and that's why Alistair Black and Ricochet have kind of merged together as a team but with that being said um, not to spoil NXT too much but they're in the Dusty Rose Classic together and I think they were scheduled to be together before they were formed as a team on the main roster so um, okay so it's not like a completely out of left field no so yeah it's definitely part of the booking that they had on NXT and they recorded that those the latest bunch of episodes of NXT last week just as they were partnered in Raw and Smackdown so I don't think it's completely out of the blue and judging by the way the takeover card is gonna go um yeah it's not completely out of the blue but anyway I have the revival pin in Bobby Roode and Chad Gable since they're gonna protect Black and Ricochet yeah uh, in the pin um so yeah revival all around then guys yeah it's definitely going to be the revival they're the only actual tag team in this match cool and uh, speaking of tag team title matches we have a rematch from elimination chamber as the usos face shane Man, and the miz once again is this where the team of mcmiz i just wanted to say it like that split up I believe
2: so. I mean, I'd love it. I still love the other them. Then Screw it. we we'll are keep them together. I'm really enjoying them as a team and Miz being a baby face, but I'd imagine this is where his big grand scheme comes together. Oh yeah. So do you reckon they're going to do a blow off at Mania? Man yeah. Versus the Miz? It's all been a ruse because yeah. Shane, you know, Miz is still annoyed that Shane took his trophy.
0: Huh? I, I would have gone for Shane McMahon's heel turn, but I don't know. I, I think, I think what you're saying is actually making sense. But yeah, I, I also believe Usos retain and I believe they split up right here. Sam? Yeah,
1: I think you're probably right. As much as I do like Babyface face Miz, um, I think, yeah, that'll probably be what happens. It makes sense that the Usos keep the belts because they're an actual tag team and both of them are actual wrestlers, whereas only one person in the McMiz team is a wrestler. And that's Shane McMahon. And that's Shane McMahon, the greatest wrestler in the world. (laughs) I've got to say, I I mean,
0: I joke, but um, the Miz has improved so much. I love the Miz. I fucking love the Miz. Yeah, so
2: do I. I've loved Babyface Miz. He's doing all the little things. He's shown how he can do it, but you just don't trust him because he's the Miz. But he's doing all the little touches really well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I read a write-up of a house show, and it they basically said in that Miz seems to just be loving being a babyface as well, like dancing around to all the entrance music of all the other wrestlers and stuff
0: like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. Like he deserves to be higher up the card. Yeah, um, for sure. I think that's the only thing I agree with Chen on. Um <laughs> is that, that he deserves to be higher up the card. But anyway, uh continuing the never-ending tag team festival, we have the women's tag team championship match between the boss and hug connection and the team of Nia Jackson Tamina. Uh I put him on I put in the script here the word blur and the <laughs> question, Jason. Do I have to watch this crap?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you can tell it's a strange, uh, unimportant show when there's this many tag matches on it. I think that's a sign. It, it's, like I, a, it's like
0: a New Japan show, except yeah. without
2: the importance of a New Japan show. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have to watch this crap? Yes, I think this will actually be a good match. I think this is going to be like something very fun to watch on this show. I, I believe Boss and Hug are going to
1: keep the belts, and there's probably a bigger plan going on at Mania. But I think it'll be a fun, sh- fun match. Surely they could have come up with a better team name than the Boss and Hug Connection. It's like, it doesn't even rhyme. But bailey has got a fangirl. (laughs) They're sending, obviously they're they're like sending up the Rock and Sock Connection, the old tag team of the Rock and Mankind. But that's like a catchy name that rhymes. This is just kind of nonsense. And that's all I've got to say about this match, really. That's how excited I am about it. (laughs) It should be Fug and Hug. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. (laughs) That would be amazing. How long did that take you? I've been thinking about that for days. Well, yeah, of course.
2: Yeah, that sounds like it left the cuff, but that was a lot of work. Yeah, you'd be perfect for the writers then.
0: Yeah. I kind of want Bailey to I kind of take the 2004 John Cena gimmick and just call hug life. This is basic hug and oh Yeah. Yeah.
1: That would be good as well. Coming out the,
0: rapping, Yeah. I've used, there's a, not to talk too much about Bailey, but there's a Snickers ad a couple of years ago, I think. And it's like, you know, you, when you're hungry and Bailey had the one where she replaced the F word with hug. And it's amazing. Oh God, I remember that.
2: That's, a, <laughs> that's that is the best Snickers advert they did.
0: Yeah. And they did I was A like, bunch of wrestling ones. Yeah. So I have Bailey and Sasha winning. Um, I think they have a bigger Planet Mania. It would probably be either with the Bellas or Trish and Lita. But what I kind of want to see is one tag team from SmackDown, one tag team from NXT, and then just have a triple threat TLC match. But that's just me. Oh, that fact, would be amazing.
2: Like, bring up the Sky Pirates, and I guess, I don't know who you'd want from SmackDown, but yeah. Well, that'd be great. I, you
0: know what? I would give Sonia Sonya and Mandy. Yeah, they'd the be a chance. good pick. Because yeah, they've improved a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't love them, but you know. Mandy oh, Rose crap. did
1: nearly kill Asuka this week. Though,
0: I, ju- so. I just realised I forgot something off the script, gents, uh, and that is Asuka versus Mandy Rose. I oh legit, yeah, <laughs> i <legit forget laughs> the script. Oh uh, god, um, Asuka wins. That's all I care about. What What about you guys? Yeah, As- Asuka wins.
1: Asuka wins if if Mandy Rose doesn't nearly kill her, like she did at a house show earlier this week, where Uh-oh. she dropped Asuka squarely on her head. Like she botched the move and then she was like, oh, okay, that didn't go very well. I'll just do the same thing again. And then she did. And yeah, in the clip I saw, she just it looks brutal. But Asuka said on Twitter, she's fine. So that's good, I suppose. She's so Japanese. She's too.
0: Japanese. She probably uh, like fractured her spine in multiple places and will continue going. You know, like yeah, the hardest nails. <laughs> I tell you that
1: they are. I watched a video from when she was in DDT, um, and oh, Minoru are... Suzuki starts shooting on her. That was really grim. Like he's properly hitting her, but apparently oh. she told him to.
0: Yeah, she's one tough cookie. I'll give her that. Yeah. Um tougher than I would be. Yeah. Anyway, on to the main event scene. And up first is Raw's main event featuring two SmackDown women. Go figure. But anyway, Becky Lynch goes one-on-one with Charlotte Flair. And if Becky wins, she is reinstated into the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. Because the Royal Rumble is absolutely effing meaningless at this stage. But anyway, I'll start by saying this. This is complete rubbish, right? This is peak fucking
1: WWE booking. Yep. have something really, really good that is you can tell a really simple story and it'll be really great and it'll sell loads of tickets and then you bollocks it up. So I've got a write- up here of what I think the plot was leading up to uh leading up to this match or leading yep. up to the WrestleMania match
0: Do it. so first of all Ronda Sa- calls- story time with Sam that, that's we go. a new segment
1: So it starts Ronda calls Becky and Charlotte the Smackdown title at TLC in revenge for them attacking her earlier on. Mm -hmm. Then Becky loses her title rematch to Asuka at the Rumble. So Mm -hmm. Asuka remains champion. Becky takes Lana's place in the Rumble when Lana is too injured to complete, beating Iron Woman Charlotte to earn a title match at WrestleMania. So Becky wins the Rumble. Then Stephanie and Triple H come out and say, Becky, you're injured, and so you have to get a clearance from a doctor before we can have you in the match. Mm -hmm. Becky goes to a doctor and gets clearance, and then Triple H and Stephanie say, now you've got to apologize for us. Becky apologizes to them, and then they say, all right, you can have the match. But Vince comes out then, fires Becky and replaces her with Charlotte. H- Triple H and Stephanie say they can't do anything about it uh, despite you know forcing Becky to apologize to get the title shot she's already earned. They're the baby faces now, they're on Becky's side. Then Charlotte injures Becky at a house show. Becky attacks Charlotte with her crutch during a stare down with Ronda Rousey, offers Ronda a shot at Charlotte, but then attacks Ronda herself. What is going on with this fucking feud? It's wild. Then Ronda demands Stephanie reinstate Becky because she says, there's no point in me having a match or having this belt if I can't fight Becky, even though I didn't want to earlier and I don't know what's going on now. Then Stephanie announces randomly that Becky's suspension is overturned. (laughs) (laughs) and and yeah becky will face charlotte for the title at fast lane because ronda's given up the championship then then stephanie and triple h make becky sign a hold harmless agreement to say that she won't sue the wwe then ronda shows up and says actually i'm still the champion i want that belt back so stephanie goes okay well here you are then here's your belt back and now Becky is fighting Charlotte at Fastlane for a chance to get added as a third person to the singles match she already earned at WrestleMania by winning the Royal Rumble. Oh, and also Stephanie's a babyface now. What? What the fuck, WWE? i tell you how you can make that story much simpler in one sentence. Stephanie says, Becky, you weren't in the Rumble, so Charlotte won because she was the last person to get eliminated before you. But if you beat her at Fast Lane, you're in the match-up mania. There you go, boom. That's the story, without any of this contrived McMahon bollocks. Sorry. So, anyway, does anyone else have any opinions about this?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that that sums it up. All I was thinking to myself is that sounds like something Chen would book, but Nia Jax would break everyone's face halfway yeah. through. Please um, peak Chen booking. <laughs> peak Chen booking. Yeah. Uh, see, I would book it. I also wrote my fantasy book in just uh, because I was I will, I really wanted to make this point. But you see, I would still have Becky win the Rumble, but I would have had Charlotte at like Tommaso Champ around her and manipulate Becky and like, mm. you know, get Becky into thinking, yeah, I'll beat Charlotte and prove to her once, one last time. And then Flair beats Becky and gets added to the match. And that's how I would have done it. But either way, anything but making the Royal Rumble not meaningless would have been better you know i'm not against the triple threat i know a lot of people wanted Ronda versus becky and i would have been a huge fan of that and i think i would have preferred that but the triple threat does make sense and everything they laid the foundations for it made sense and everything they did up to the royal rumble made sense the royal rumble made sense heck you know what even the injury angle i didn't love it but everything up until the moment that becky lynch apologized which goes against her character made sense and it was great character work for becky because she showed another layer like she's too afraid of losing that match against ronda yet again it was fantastic stuff and then and then she apologized and from that point onwards the crowd is starting to lose interest the internet is starting to lose interest Everyone, I swear, is starting to lose interest. And it's not the fault of Becky Lynch. She's doing a great job, given the shit material she's given. Yep, agreed. Not not the fault of Ronda Rousey, because, yep. um, you know, bless her, she's been put into promos that are extremely uncomfortable for her. Um, and, you know, it's not fair on Charlotte Flair, because, you know, uh, I'll say this about Charlotte, though. She's the one that's doing the best work out of the three at the moment, given the shit that's been given like i think she's been a fantastic heel um yeah. but yeah oh man I, i've gone from being the stand to just thinking eh, it's the man and yeah. i didn't think i'd be thinking that in like three short weeks and this is not a case of fickle fandom this is just really bad booking and i hope i hope after fasting i hope after they get after this um dreadful dreadful booking that um, that this storyline gets back on track and it just leads to three women kicking ass at Wrestlemania and hopefully main event um, but yeah anyway I think Becky wins here what about you Jason we haven't let you speak yeah. I was just leaving you guys too. Yeah, I think <laughs> Becky wins this one.
2: Um, I think this is why I benefit from not having had time to really watch a whole episode of Raw for a few weeks, you know, just catching the highlights. So I haven't been exposed to as much of the mentalness and it's been easier to see, oh, here's a little summary of what's going on. Okay, that's not so bad, rather than trying to really think about the madness of the book and they've done for the last several weeks. But yeah, for me, Becky hopefully wins this and sensibly it's a, it should be a really good match.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think just- the main problem with this angle, as Broad says, is not any of the wrestlers involved. It's the fact that it started off being about wrestlers. And then the McMahons saw that it was getting a lot of, basically, attention. And they thought, we got to be in this. And so they kind of inserted themselves as characters. And that was what completely wrecked the story and stopped anything making any sense at all.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what would be great? <laughs> you know what would be great in a storyline? I think we need more McMahons. God damn it. <laughs> a McMahon to... in every corner. A McMahon in every corner. <laughs> I'm trying to McMahon's do interpolate. McMahons descending from attention. the roof. McMahons
1: uh... in every aisle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Let me interject there, Vince. Uh, I got to think. Uh, WrestleMania 2000 wasn't very good. Uh, except I won. So it's a great. Uh, let's have more McMahons. uh <laughs> I try I'll try i work my Stephanie impersonation as well, but that yeah. Mm. Oh, my God damn For next week I want the Stephanie impression. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> God luck. God damn it, Jason. You son of a, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh <laughs> Uh, it's even worse than usual but anyway uh, lastly to wrap up with something hopefully good Daniel Bryan will be forced to defend the WWE Hempyweight Championship of the world against Kevin Owens would I be correct in thinking that Owens is not winning here and they are saving it for Kofi at Wrestlemania and also will the New Day get involved
1: I mean I think you're right Kevin Owens is not winning here but I don't care because this match is going to be great anyway and finally, mm. we're getting babyface Kev, which is something I've wanted for a very long time. So I'm I'm pretty hyped for this. Mm. Um, yeah, the New Day getting involved. I I thought there might be some shenanigans on the pre-show, maybe because obviously Kofi might be out at ringside with Biggie and Xavier. I'm not entirely sure what, but yeah, if that doesn't happen, maybe he'll show up. I, and... I've got I've got it, Sam. Kevin Owens joins the New Day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a new Owens, yes it is it would be
1: uh, what it'd be like a canadian pun on the new day but i can't think of i can't think the, of one. the best one. thing about that would be
2: kevin owens dancing
1: kevin oh owens yeah
2: dancing out to the new day music <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god it would be like the most white thing i'll ever see
1: i could see it happening you
0: know <laughs> oh my fucking days i really want that uh, Jason, sorry. Yeah,
1: I think
2: Kevin Owens is going to. I'm enjoying Kevin Owens with a baby face. I don't know. How, I don't know. If it's going to be like how long I get to do this for, but it's quite enjoyable to see him do it. I can't see him winning this. It seems like that would just be a really odd. I don't know how that would then what that would set up at Mania. It's got to so, be Daniel Bryan and I assume Kofi or a multi-person match at Mania.
0: So here's the thing. I kind of lied when thinking I'd be correct in thinking that Owens is not winning. I I mean, a large part of me thinks Daniel Bryan is winning, but it wouldn't surprise me if they give Owens the WWE championship you know because the plan was Brian versus Owens at Wrestlemania and I'm not saying Kofi won't be made champion at Wrestlemania it's just you know it'll be a swerve for the sake of the swerve and this this show runs a risk of being too predictable and I think they wouldn't mind taking this belt off of Brian I don't know but anyway I Whatever happens, I can imagine the new day getting involved. I can imagine Mustafa Ali getting involved after you know mm-hmm. SmackDown, and I suspect it's going to be a fatal four-way for the WWE title of WrestleMania between Bryan, Kofi, Owens, and Mustafa Ali. So I, you know, I I think uh, I think this match will be great. I think that's my prediction. That'd be an all right
1: four-way: uh, the Mustafa Ali, Owens, Kofi. But yeah, That's I don't think all right. That'll be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I don't think I don't think Kofi's going to win win the belt
0: at any point though. Unfortunately. Oh, oh controversial. Yeah, I know. like <laughs> Vince Russo likes it too, but I can't do an impersonation of Vince Russo either. <laughs> um, bro. Uh, but yeah. Uh, any anybody else want to add anything? No, I think that it's
2: going to be a solid show. Let's hope it does
1: better than we expect. I, cool. I tell you, I, I would like to add, I don't want to see any Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista work shoot bollocks on this pay-per-view. I watched Raw f- for the first time in ages this week and I just, <laughs> mean, what is this promote promo that Triple H is doing? This better not turn into a, a run-in or an un- unannounced match at
0: Fastlane or something. Cause... It, it won't. It, it's safe for me, yeah. You'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, but yeah. No way. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. I think uh, that wraps up our preview for WWE Fastlane 2019. After this short break, I'll be reviewing Fighting With My Family. Hey you! If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Pot. Do it! Do it now!
2: Ooh, so we're back with the part of the show that i get to host and ask the questions for so Brodista, you went and saw fighting with my family on the weekend and i think sam you also saw it so i'll bring you in later but let's start with broad um you also got to meet page on the one show so overall what are your
0: views on page and this movie um i didn't get to meet page but you know never mind but anyway what are my thoughts on the page movie fighting with a family so i thought this was a uh good film on the whole. I think it was a really good family drama and it's built as a comedy drama and I think it gets that balance perfectly that so many comedy dramas don't do very well. Um, I think it's really really good in terms of like it's quieter moments in it's terms of how it presents the family. I saw the documentary under the same name like a few hours before um, a few hours before seeing this film and you can tell that Stephen Merchant took great care in making sure that they use the same setting and the casting. It's a bit lighter in tone this film, in comparison to the documentary. Not saying the documentary isn't uh, light, but you know, um, I think Nick Frost. Imp- I think Nick Frost is a great, great as a uh, Page's dad. I think Florence Pugh is really good as Page. I really don't have any criticism of the performances, but they was, were the two standout performances for me.
2: Okay. How, um, before I get to will bring
1: Sam in quickly. Sam, do you feel the same as Broad? Yeah, pretty much. I thought it was a fun film. I mean, it's not going to win, like, mm. uh, you know, all-time movie great or whatever. But, you know, when people do their top 10 wrestling-inspired movies, it's probably not going to make it to, like, the top three of that. But still, good, fun film. And, uh, yeah, it's worth going to see. Great job. I uh,
0: there's not many great wrestling films out there but yeah if you want a real if you want a real film about the world of professional wrestling then i'd recommend the wrestler well yeah of course. Over, over this one mainly because it is very fluffy when it gets to the wwe part and i think that's partly due to the fact that wwe studios wants a positive representation of what it was like at nxt mm. back in the day but Page was not in NXT for that long, comparison to say some other talents, and also the Performance Center wasn't around when she was there. I don't think, and she was also there when it was FCW. So there's a lot of there's a lot of inaccuracies that would annoy you as a wrestling fan, yes. especially in certain part in the end, which I won't go into because of spoilers. But it's so glaringly cheesy that it takes away from the film i feel as a oh. rest fan talking
1: about the promo at the very end by any chance
0: mm. yeah, yeah.
1: I won't say any more but
2: no. yeah they're always gonna have to simplify these things and like just like when you love a book and they make it into a movie you know there's always gonna be disappointing things and simplification of the story i mean the big question for me broad is yep. the rock in more than two scenes that are in the trailer
0: um i'm trying to remember. Uh, I th- no, I think he was in just those two scenes. However, I will say it's longer than you think. So there's that. But yeah, so, I
1: I think he's in three scenes. He's in the, oh, two yeah, in the trailer yeah. and one more.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is one more actually, but, but he's very but he's, he's very brief. He's, he's brief. like yeah.
2: co billing for his three scenes. Good to yeah. Know. yeah. But, yeah um,
0: the movie's done quite
2: well at the box office so far. In terms of it's number one in the UK, and it was it's made over ten million in the US as well. So it's doing probably better in expectations. Very good for a we related movie as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pleased for the studio. It, I mean, it's done a lot of bad films, but this one is this one's this one is genuinely a good film, and I would really recommend it to wrestling fans. Yes, you might get annoyed slightly by the wrestling aspect, but um, it's a, it's a great story. It's an inspiring story, and yeah, I think the family drama and the performances really elevated it to a level that you just didn't quite expect from the trailer. Um, yeah, yeah. How are, how are wrestling fans portrayed in this movie? I think they're portrayed fairly well. Like, I do not They're not portrayed as idiots. And they don't portray the industry as idiotic. In fact, uh, quite the opposite.
1: Yeah, I thought actually Stephen Merchant's writing was very respectful towards the industry and re- really actually put across that it is kind of people really love it and it's not stupid or camp or silly. It is yep. like a, a legitimate sort of performance medium,
0: uh, yep. which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. He, um, he really showed like some bits, especially when page goes to America about like, uh, without going into too much detail about certain things that were done there, but that's not done in WWE uh, It's actually quite, quite a good bit of writing for the wrestling fan. Mm. And, uh, and it, you know, it's a great, Introduction for those who don't know anything about the world of professional wrestling. And it's far, far more accessible than the wrestler. And I think that's one thing that it has over that film. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely.
2: It's good good to hear it sounds like you guys both really enjoyed it yeah. i've spoken to a couple of um women that i know that have gone to see it and they said they really enjoyed the story as well so that the female wrestling fans and the non-wrestling fan who went to see it said it was really enjoyable they, they got a lot of out of it um as we wrap this this mini review up quickly let's pull the russo meter just and we'll use it inappropriately but out of, out of 10 bros what do you rate in this movie
0: really the Russo meter for something that's serious okay inverse, uh, Russo meter. Inv- inverse Russo meter the yes. inverse <laughs> Russo meter I give it seven sisters out of ten sisters because he, he won't say bro oh, yeah
1: nice I'm, I'm with you I'm with you I I thought it was a good movie I'd, I'd say yeah, I'm probably about seven seven and a half uh with broad I think as a wrestling fan the other thing you can get out of it uh is that all the cameos there's lots of cameos not just like in the story, but also they got a lot of British wrestlers to do the tryout scenes and stuff, so it's fun yeah. picking them out. It is definitely fun. And Jerry Lynn, and,
2: is yeah, is I did. It. I <laughs> did notice Big Dave massive at one point in like yeah, yeah.
1: one of the workouts. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that's cool. Yeah. great. that oh, that we sent to the gaffer for for that like, the fans of the UK scene. Okay, so but uh, let's wrap this segment up there. So after this short break, we will be coming back with a look at the highlights of Big Dave Batista's in-ring work.
0: So, uh, when people think of WWE's biggest stars, they often think Hogan, Rock, Austin, Warrior, Savage, Flair, Cena, and CM Punk. But one that gets often overlooked, uh, at least in my opinion, is Batista. Despite being a success story in Hollywood following his breakout performance in Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014, fans often overlook his accomplishments in the ring, as he was one of the biggest stars in the Ruthless Aggression era and the first half of the PG era. With all that being said, we want to talk about some of Batista's best matches and promos in both his runs in WWE so far. Shall we just talk? Uh, shall we just start by going around the room and saying what is our favourite Batista match? So, Jason, what is your favourite match of Batista's? See,
2: when we get into the Batista moments, I realise all my favourite Batista moments aren't matches. It's all the good stuff he did around it. Um, mm. In terms of my favourite match, the one we then just stood out was from WrestleMania 30, the Triple Threat. And the fact that he came back for that match and really held up his side of the bargain, I thought that was one of the highlights in terms of his actual athletic performances.
0: Yeah, that was a really good and great match. What about you, Sam? Sam, did you Sorry. die?
1: I had myself on mute and I pressed the wrong button to unmute myself. Sorry,
0: everyone. <laughs>
1: Let's keep that in the pot. Yeah, keep, keep that one in. Good. Um, so I actually didn't really watch wrestling uh, for the Ruthless Aggression era and the first half of the PG era. So I missed a lot of Batista's kind of heyday. So actually today I spent a little bit of time doing a Batista tour of uh, his his various big matches well actually what i did was i put batista four star matches into google and then i watched a list of the ones that came up and the two that really i I mean that is basically yes what you told me to do (laughs) and it worked um so i really enjoyed the batista versus john cena last man standing from extreme rules 2010 Uh, Mm -hmm. obviously i didn't have a context or the build for that but i thought it was good fun batista He's a big boy and he's he's a strong boy as well. He's chucking John Cena around like it was nothing, oh, uh, yeah. and he did. Uh, there's a, a great moment. He power bombs Cena through a table and then he just looks at him like, "What are you gonna do, mate?" It was very good. Uh, and then the other ones that stuck out for me, I watched all of his 2007 series with The Undertaker. Uh, and the most notable match for me was the t- the Last Man Standing match at Backlash 2007. Yep. It was really good, very, very, very good match. Lots of blood and. It was nice watching or seeing The Undertaker look like a terrifying monster man instead of uh, an old person who shouldn't really be in the wrestling
0: ring anymore. Oh, so that yeah. was good. So my favorite match is their first match, actually, between uh, between Batista and The Undertaker at WrestleMania 23. And, I mean, all of their matches in that rivalry were great. But this, this was me, was the best because it felt like a clean win for The Undertaker. And there's a genuine moment in that match where Batista hits a Batista bomb. And this was like, around WrestleMania 21 was where the streak was first really used as a storyline. And from that point onwards, it was like, who's going to end the streak? And when that Batista bomb hit, I remember being 14, 15, just going, God damn it, Batista's going to win. And when The Undertaker kicks out, I marked the hell out. But that match was just brutal, chaotic. And it was the first time that really Batista, I mean, Batista, you know, he did come into his own but he was never taken that like seriously as a, like a good wrestler up until that match, which was just 15 minutes of nonstop action. It was a terrific, it was a terrific WrestleMania match that often goes under the radar. Um, but yeah, so that's my favorite uh, one, but I think all of them are great. The last man standing, you mentioned that backlash was great. Uh, the steel cage match where it also ended in a draw was. Oh yeah. I fun. wish that was good. And the, the hell in a cell with edges return. Oh, man, I tell you what, I've never been more pissed off in my life than when Edge returned because I absolutely hated Edge. He's my favorite heel, by the way. But, yeah, I think uh, all that stuff with between Batista and Undertaker is great. But my other favorite match, and just going back to what Jason said, is Batista, Orton, and Brian. I think that was a terrific match as well. And uh, I will say this, just uh, going to a bit more of a discussion here. A lot of people shit in his 2014 run, right? Because they think, oh, that Royal Rumble win was terrible. Daniel Bryan should have won that. Then he had a terrible feud with Alberto Del Rio. But you've got to think what he did for the company on his way out in 2014. He put over Daniel Bryan and all three members of the Shield in a feud afterwards when Evolution faced the Shield. Which is also another one of my favorite matches at Payback 2014. But yeah, Batista, he did really great for the industry um, in 2014. You know, four faces were put over.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, having not seen him and just being a wrestling fan, kind of absorbing people talking about it, I got the impression that people didn't think he was that good, that he got, he got, he kind of undeservedly put over other people and he wasn't that good in the ring. But I saw no evidence of that today. I thought he looked great. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he gets treated a bit unfairly.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's because he was never that great on the mic. I think that's one of the reasons. Really, uh, it's great. yeah. So that's, uh, that's what he stands out for me: is his mic work and his acting. Uh, now we can say that because I mean he's a he's a really good actor. Like you know, I, I've seen him in quite a few things now, and I'm like, boy, can act! Like he's really good, and he does take it very seriously and all that. And I think his heel run from 2009 until the end of his first run in the company was great, but. Beyond that, I don't think he was a fantastic like mic worker, and yeah, I would say I, 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 I say agree. I would say this as a person who loved is like you know just him like you know shaking the ropes every time he was about to go for a Batista bomb and thumbs up, thumbs down. I I love all that stuff, so you know actually I might be wrong, but you know great character, but I don't think he was the greatest mic worker. But that's just my opinion.
1: So, like, Jason, I something because of how I consumed Batista's back catalogue i didn't actually get to be a see... weird sentence from that was a weird a weird way of saying it but i think my meaning i hope my meaning came across uh, anyway um yeah because of how i i came to view it i didn't actually hear any promos or mic work from him so jason do you have any any particular moments that stand out that i could look up so there's a couple of ones. I mean, if I talk I guess I'm about my best moments, so if I talk about
2: thumbs down, would be the. Oh yeah. So you want to go back to 2005 after he'd won the rumble, and that's the whole setting up his match with Triple H at Mania, and it's Triple H trying to sort of convince Big Dave to go to SmackDown instead, and but he's just it's the little things he's doing. He's doing lots of clever little facial expressions in the weeks building up to that, but it's just the way he decides to you know. It's a, it's a, it's also an echo back to when they turned on Randy Orton at SummerSlam, and Triple H gave Batista the thumbs down to drop Randy Orton with an electric chair. And then they, they they brought it back for this where Batista then gave Triple H the thumbs down and then decked him and said, no, I'm fighting you at Mania. And, it, you know, he just, it's just I got the words he said exactly what was Just the whole the setup there was like, I'm not going anywhere. And the way yeah. he just delivered those lines, that's a really good one. And then going to the other extreme, though, um, I think it's broad it out his heel work. So this was about May 2010 after his feud with Cena. And he's in the middle of the ring in a wheelchair. and <laughs> Oh, it, this is it, great. It works so well because he's Big Dave, right? He's a beast. But he's there with his arm in a sling. He, I think he's got some makeup on so he looks all bruised. And he's just completely whining and saying now like, it's really unfair. And that's how he left the company. He didn't. He wasn't afraid to, like, show defeat and weakness. And just cut a promo where it was, like, a good whining heel. But was just, like, a coward. He completely changed what he did. So those are the two that stand out for me in terms of his like just promo or you know general acting ability.
0: So speaking of uh, great promos, I think one that really one one bit of stuff that he did was with Eddie Guerrero, which is like great comedy. Um, I'm not Sam. I'm not sure if you're aware of Batista and Eddie Guerrero feud in, uh, in 2005, just prior to his death. Um, the okay. story the storyline was that Batista basically Eddie Guerrero was being an absolute bastard to Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero finally beat Rey Mysterio. So he's fine. And then Eddie was like turned face in quotes, uh, by being announced number one contender to Batista's world, heavyweight championship. And Eddie was like, I respect you, Batista. We should be friends. And I think it started off with Batista going, Oh yeah, really? We should be friends. And basically <laughs> Batista, I think in the first bit is like friends don't shake hands. Hands, they hug, and then Eddie Guerrero's like caught in this really awkward hug, and it led to like a, it led to a really fun match at No Mercy 2005, and this is Eddie's last pay per view match, and I recommend go and watch it because it has fantastic character work from both. Like Eddie's like trying to determine whether he should cheat or not against Batista It's a is a really good it's a really good fun little rivalry storyline that unfortunately never got to pay off. Because no. Eddie, was, oh, yeah. well, Eddie was due to win the World Championship the week he died, um, sadly. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, just that bit alone. Um,
1: yeah, one of the matches really I great. did watch was um,
0: Batista
1: and Eddie and Rey Mysterio in a tag match or in a four-way,
0: I think. Mm-hmm. Where... I think it might be Randy Orton, because Randy Orton was involved in a feud at that point as well. with Yeah. And Eddie. yeah but, yeah.
1: It had, I think, uh, either Ray Mysterio or Eddie Guerrero broke up a pin that Batista was trying to do, and then there was a bit of arguing there. <laughs> that but that was, was that, yeah, that's when they had Batista and Ray.
2: Yeah, think? so that, at that point, Batista was a face and Ray was his mate, but that's when he turned on Ray and basically said, I'm gonna rip your head off,
1: yes,
0: and then just yeah. pummeled him. Oh, yeah, that was a heel turn, yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a bracket. 2009. Yeah,
2: because yeah, yeah, then it I looked to match the virus where there was a ref stoppage because, you know, Batista just kept powerbombing Ray, I think, and the, so that they were like just abusing poor little Ray at that point.
0: I loved that. He's so beaten up. I never liked Rain Mysterio, so. Um... No, I'd say I never lied. That's tell a lie. But at that point, I was like, "I'm bored of Rey Mysterio." So when Batista beat the shit out of him, I quite enjoyed it. Oh,
1: um, I've got a confession about Rey Mysterio.
0: Only... Batista beating the shit out of
1: people. <laughs> uh, only in like the last month did I realise why the six-one-nine is called the six-one-nine. I, I oh. didn't. It's the shape oh, yeah. his legs make when he does the swinging. I didn't. I didn't catch that. I just thought it was a number to do with something. It's to do
2: to do with his area code, isn't it, where he's from? San Diego,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, I Diego. thought it was. The, it's the shape his legs make when he goes through the ropes. No, Six, no. one,
0: nine. no. No, no, it's the San oh, Diego okay. area code. Oh, unless, right. I, unless oh, I'm tempted shit joke that neither me and jason get but uh
1: no it wasn't it wasn't an attempt at a shit joke it was just a fact i thought i'd i'd not spotted something really obvious but i was actually completely wrong so maybe just cut this bit out
0: yeah (laughs) Um... we're gonna keep it in that was an absolute batista bomb of a man yeah you just look dumb you look dumb anyway uh, one one thing that, uh, speaking of Batista beating the shit out of people, uh, one thing that I did want to talk about was uh, his Elimination Chamber performance in 2005 because this one gets overlooked because this was a real start of his face turn uh, leading up to that WrestleMania 21 match against Triple H and yeah, Triple H won the match but he beat up Chris Jericho he beat up Chris Benoit and then after Randy beat, p- pinned him, he then beats up Randy Orton allowing Triple H to get the victory Um I thought that was a fantastic performance inside that chamber, and I think it's one that gets overlooked, um, just because there's been so many elimination chamber matches.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean, but yeah, I think I think maybe it's because of what happened, and it was it's, it gets lost in the bigger picture of what they were doing with Triple H and Batista at the time. And you think of the moments of the Rumble, the contract, and the Mania match and all the just, little backstage stuff.
0: Yeah, the one the one thing I like about the elimination chamber matches. Randy Orton low blows Batista and hits the RKO and Triple H gets up to like break up the pin Mm. but then Triple H sits back down I remember that all the little little things they were doing was very see this was like the first year within my fandom so all this like Ah. nuance stuff was like very new to me so I think that's why it has a special place in my heart but I don't know so yeah (laughs) that's why it's one of my favorite Elimination Chamber matches call back to an earlier pod you should check that out. But uh, anyway, so yeah. Uh, oh, any other great? Just,
1: yeah. I just want to point out something that I noticed today that freaked me out a little bit or made me feel a bit like a bit uneasy. What's up with his belly button tattoo? It's yeah, weird. That's always it's always been like a bit a, strange. It's really weird. I didn't notice it for like a couple of matches, and then once I saw it, I couldn't not look at it. Kind of ruined some of the matches a little bit for me.
0: Yeah. I've, I've I've never noticed it, and now I, I was going to plan to watch some Batista matches tonight after this pod, when this pod is getting uploaded, and then I could like share it. But no, I, I know I'm now just not going to.
1: Now I'm, you you won't be able to unsee the belly button tattoo. Yeah.
2: so you'll be happy to know I believe he's had it removed or covered up. It's not the same. Oh, he's, had, he's had like a larger bit of work done from the original more soft one to this uglier, larger thing. Excellent. <laughs> so it looks worse now. Yeah, it's kind of mm. like it might look worse. It's kind of like crows and a skull rather than the weird mm. little
1: ring. I just it's not a, not a very not a great looking tattoo on anyone really the the belly button ring. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's my <laughs> bad opinions.
0: Oh dear. Um one last match I wanted to mention, I know I spoke about 2014 already, but Evolution versus the Shield, they no holds barred elimination six man tag. I really do recommend people check that out because it was um, it was his last match and his last run, and the Shield won in a clean sweep, putting them over. And it was also the following night, Batista quit uh, WWE with the uh, very funny handshake that uh, was gifted quite a bit back in the day. And um, yeah, and it also that handshake to more of a wave,
2: sure. wasn't it? What?
0: It was more of a wave bye bye, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a wave bye bye. Yeah, yeah, that was it. It's just like you drop some mic and just waves bye bye. Like, I, I can't really. It's not an audio podcast, it's not a video podcast, so I can't really demonstrate, but you know. And you should check it out. And yeah, it led to the Shield uh, breaking up as well. So, very momentous match that one that gets overlooked, but one that is also really, really good. And also, oh, yeah. Roman versus Batista. How sick would that be? <laughs> oh, God. I want yeah. to see Batista beat up
1: Ric Flair some more. I think you know it's really good. <laughs> Drag him out of
2: retirement. <laughs> beat him up. I think what really worked about that is that like, you realise like Batista and Flair were tag champs and how close they are, and then to like use that in the storylines quite
1: clever yeah oh, oh i didn't know that i just thought it was rick flair's an old man that people like evolution had a gimmick
2: where they all had the belts uh, when randy was isc triple h was the world and then batista and flair had the tag
0: belts oh, and it was okay. like the flair
2: for the gold type thing
0: evolution was sick back in the day i mean they did technically also ruin raw at the same time but they were really good fun um yeah one last thing smackdown 1000 promo because it's leading to this WrestleMania 35, just the bit where it's like Batista just being natural and saying, oh yeah, but Triple H, you've never beaten me. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I hope it stays like that. But uh, again, it's yeah. just great delivery and like facial expressions by every man in that ring. Yeah. But that was the thing about Batista. He, I, I know I sagged off his mic work and I'm thinking probably a tiny bit towards the earlier start of his main event run in fairness, but he always improved, and that was the thing about Batista. He always improved. He always wanted to do what's what was best for the business, and he was always willing to do what was best for the business, whether it be the shield being put over Daniel Bryan being put over turn and heel. Um, he always did what was best, and he always improved. So you know, that, that's my thoughts on Batista. Anyway, um, thank you, gentlemen, for your time today. I think that'll wrap it up for the Holy Shoot podcast this week. But join us next week. For our WWE Fast Lane review. Also, a tiny bit of housekeeping before we go. Jason has gone out and about and has done a couple of interviews with women involved in the world of professional wrestling. We are still working out how best to uh, deliver it to you guys, but we cannot express how excited we are to deliver those interviews. It may be part of a bigger weekly episode. It might be its own episodes. We aren't sure yet, but definitely look out for these episodes or these segments as they are coming very, very soon. In the meantime. And remember to subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets. Drop us a five-star review where possible. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. And that's the bottom line as this pod says so.
1: Yay.